The April 20th Mindful Parenting Retreat Day is filling up fast. Join me and other parents in Wilmington, Delaware for a day of rest and relaxation, mindfulness and mindful communication practices, and a live podcast too. And my special guest for the live podcast is, drumroll please, Lynetta Willis. You know her from episode 366 and 400. She is a psychologist and sought-after speaker who teaches her Triggered to Transformed program to struggling parents. Join us and bring a friend to this powerful day-long retreat in Wilmington, Delaware on April 20th, 2024. But hurry, space is limited. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat to get your spot now. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 138. Today, we're talking about five steps to a happier life. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. A Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clarkfield's Mindful Mama mentor. I coach overstressed moms on how to cultivate calm in their daily lives and to create more peace and cooperation in their families. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I'm the mom of two girls who challenge me every day to hone my craft. Welcome, dear listener. I am so glad you are here today. Welcome back to the tribe, the Mindful Mama tribe. It's great to be in your ears again. I hope that you are getting the fall weather that I'm enjoying. Maybe if you're on the other side of Earth, you're having a beautiful spring weather. But finally, crisp, beautiful air. So I'm so glad. Anyway, I'm so, so glad you're here. In a moment, I'm going to be talking to you about five steps to a happier life. We're going to talk about how important it is to prioritize our own happiness, not just for ourselves, even our children benefit, how happiness takes effort. And the default is that negative lens. And that, you know, you can work against the old conditioning to be negative with permission. So I can't wait for us to dive into that. And before we do, I just want to let you know that I am going to be enrolling my Mindful Mama Transformation Group Coaching Program soon. It's a five-month group coaching experience for women who are ready to commit to becoming the grounded thriving women they know they can be. And it's a small select sisterhood. And we dedicate this time to deeper inner and outer work of awakening as a mindful mom. It's really about going beyond just surviving to thriving. And it can really change everything. You know, we might be ready. We might say, yes, I'm ready for transformation, but we can't do it in a vacuum. You know, it really helps enormously to have a loving guidance, community support, and counsel and deep listening from a trusted mentor. So this is a program that is about bringing you, helping you bring mindfulness into your daily habits and transforming your relationship with yourself and your relationships with others and your parenting. A member from the last group, Samantha, she told me that the working with the Mindful Mama Transformation Group Coaching transformed her family more than five years of working with her therapist did. So you can check out what she says 
about that and learn more about the group, I'd love to talk to you about joining at mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. And to lead that all off, we're going to have a unmartyr yourself week on November 12th through 15th coming up. And you can learn more about that. It's a free training about making time for yourself, speaking your truth skillfully, destroying mommy guilt, and improving your relationships and thriving without being selfish. So check that out at mindfulmamamentor.com slash unmartyr. And now on to this episode. A few podcasts back, Carla Nomberg and I talked about anxiety and what it is and the symptoms and how to deal with it. And today I'm going to talk to you about the flip side of that, happiness. So the other day I was actually for a few days, I was really irritable with my family. There was a lot going on. I had just launched the mindful parenting course, welcomed lots of people in. We were dealing with people helping solve some problems that were happening. And at the same time, the world was getting turned upside down by the Kavanaugh hearings. And there were things happening in my own family and traumas being re-triggered. And the world was generally feeling kind of like a crazy place. And on top of that, I was working on my book. I'd gotten my first batch of edits back and I had to work on it. So I didn't have this chance to like kind of rest after with all this. And I was kind of just like in this mode of pushing through and I was irritable with my family. By the way, did I tell you the title of the book yet? Oh my gosh. So if you didn't hear that podcast with Carlo in which I revealed the title of the book, I'll tell you now. Raising Good Humans. Yay! I'm so excited about it. So you can follow along with me now as uh, I tell you about Raising Good Humans. But anyway, I was with my family and I was irritable. Like, So for me, I notice when I get like this, I am like so focused on the to-do list. You know, I was taking this energy of like, just get everything done and bringing it into my family. And I could hear myself, you know, I was like focused on them putting away the dishes and focused on getting this done and put away the backpack. And I remember I was sitting there with my older daughter and I was saying, you know, I just wish, you know, you guys could put away that backpack when you first when you walk in and and she's a smart kiddo and she said to me, you know, I'm not sure why this is such a big deal, mommy. Like it's just sitting here near me. I'm just chilling, reading, like, you know, basically, can you chill out, mommy? And she was right. I did kind of need to just chill out in that moment and let it go a little bit more. But my brain was focused on all the things wrong. The news was bothering me and there was a lot of things happening. And I was just in this state of general anxiety. And I know that for a lot of people, this might, you know, for you, this might ring true to you. Like you might be saying, yes, this is how I feel a lot of the time. 
But for me, yeah, I'm in anxiety some of the time, but I've made a practice of making life so that I'm flourishing and I'm relaxed and happy more of the time than I'm not. And so I'm noticing the state and and just realizing it like, ugh, like this is here. So what I want to point out to you here is like, you know, we can take some of these things, like we can take these issues and problems that we have in our life and we can just say, that's the way it is and I'm never going to be able to do anything about it. Or we can say, we can take these issues and problems and say, okay, this is a sign that something has to shift and move and change. In fact, we can look at all our problems and all our challenges and all those on those things that are happening as opportunities for change, opportunities for different choices, things like that. So with everything like that, as with everything like that, for me, there's an external and an internal game. And this is what I talk about with my coaching clients. There's always an external and an internal game. So there's external choices we can make. So I made a choice to slow down some of the things that were happening in my business and to push some things back a few weeks and to give myself the space I need to make these, to work on raising good humans, to work on the book and make these changes and not plow through and push through, to give myself some time to rest and recover and not, you know, go crazy. So I made some choices to slow down the pressure. So that's the external game. But today, we're going to talk about the internal game, the internal game of happiness, because the truth is that when we get to when we get to a place of like kind of general anxiety in this place of like always checking off the things of our, our to-do list and things like that, we can kind of stay, a lot of people stay stuck there. And I notice a lot of people stay stuck there. And we kind of get this place of inertia where we've made a habit of worry. We've made a habit of always going, always doing because we've been doing that for so long. There's a lot of reasons why we make a habit of that. But also, we can make a habit instead of the small joys. And that's what I want to give you today permission to be happy, because there's so many good reasons to do that. So first, let me tell you what I did that when I was just like in that state a couple nights ago, and I was like, irritable with my kids and things like that. So what I did is I made those choices to change some dates and push things back. I made some external decisions. But then internally, I gave myself permission to enjoy some little things. <laughs> I love watching the Great British Baking Show with my family. And we made cookies. And I got to snuggle with my youngest daughter. And so did some things to just make choices to focus on those good things. You know, some healthy skepticism in my life has served me well. And if you're like that, if you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from about a mile away, you read labels like it's your job, congratulations, you're a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. I take Ritual's Essentials for Women 18 Plus every single day, morning and at lunch, and I am feeling great. I love this vitamin. 
Rituals Essentials for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. Plus, Ritual Vitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen-free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. They select lower carbon packaging, they prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. Plus, Ritual is a female-founded B Corp, which means they are responsible to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mindful. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mindful for 25% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So five steps to kind of enjoying being happy. So this is, this is not to say I'm not minimizing the fact that life is hard. You don't have to be happy all the time. Like, I don't want to give you, put any pressure on you to feel like you should be happy all the time. Like, because that's BS. That's not true. We're just not going to be always happy and we shouldn't strive to be, right? Like, but we can make a habit of noticing small joys. So there's a, a balance here, right? Like we we make a habit just quite naturally of worry uh, by just the way we're wired. We're wired for survival. We're wired to look for the things wrong. We have a negativity bias in the brain and that negative things tend to stick on us like Teflon or, or positive things are like Teflon and negative things tend to stick to us like Velcro. So when we understand this, that we are naturally primed towards negativity, when we understand that the, that's just the way the brain works and our ancestors are the ones who were really watching out for the things wrong and keeping themselves alive, then we need to understand that it actually takes some, it takes some effort to make more effort to be happy than it does to be unhappy. Like, being unhappy and anxious and miserable is kind of the default in our society. In fact, like, you know, if you're around a lot of advertisement, there's a lot of advertisement telling you you're not good enough. If you're a woman, there's advertisement telling you that you're 
not beautiful enough constantly that we'll all be happier if we have the next thing or we do the next thing or we eat the burger, whatever it is, right? And we have our natural negativity bias. So if left to our own, left to to doing nothing about it, if, if we take no action, chances are we're going to be kind of miserable. We're going to be overworked. We're going to be overstressed, overscheduled. We'll have too much stuff, too much clutter, and we'll be unhappy. I mean, you know people like that, right? Right? I can imagine you nodding your head right now. So we have a natural bias towards negativity. And for many of us, we've made a habit of worry over the course of time. So we've made a habit of just getting all the things done from our school days and from college and from early days of work and a habit of worry. And so we've been practicing that for a long time. And so I don't want to minimize here that life is hard. Life has suffering. We all suffer. Everybody does. It's not easy to be a live conscious human with the amazing joys that we're able to feel come these amazing lows. It's intense to be alive and to interact with the world on just a regular basis. And that's not even counting all the countless things that can happen in our lives. Like life is hard. We all suffer. So I'm not suggesting that you put pressure on yourself to always be happy. You're not wrong if you're feeling badly. Our feelings are meant to be felt. And I invite you to refer back to that podcast I did with Carla about anxiety because we talk about this, how we're meant to feel our feelings. What we practice grows stronger. So we can tip the balance. We can start to give ourselves permission to be happy. We can start to lean into happiness a little bit more. And just, it's not about flipping a switch and turning something on or off, but it's about bit by bit making small changes that can help you tip the balance so that suddenly, you know, you're, you're feeling content or, or joyful or appreciative over 50% of the time rather than vice versa. So we, and when we're in that place of feeling content and joyful and you know, appreciative, it doesn't mean we're not going to have hard times and hard days. And it doesn't mean that if we are feeling bad or feeling anxious or feeling grief or any of those feelings, there's anything wrong with that. Our feelings are meant to be felt and they really want to be felt. And we can develop the capacity to lean in and feel all of those feelings. And it's amazing that when we open ourselves up and say yes to feeling the things, it's amazing how much more quickly they move through our bodies than when we try to block them out and we try to resist them because what you resist persists. So those, we're not putting pressure on ourselves to always be happy. We, we're not wrong if we're feeling badly, but can you, can I, can both of us, right? Can we be open to the possibility that small happinesses, appreciations and joys are possible actually even when we are suffering? 
I think so. I think it's there. My teacher Thich Nhat Hanh says that happiness is the way. Happiness is the practice. So we can practice to start to train our minds to appreciate and enjoy and lean towards those the appreciation and enjoyment even when we're suffering. And I've noticed that I can do this myself even when it's hard. Even when I'm feeling anxious, I can start to now tip towards appreciation. As I do that, what you practice grows stronger and it becomes stronger, it becomes more rooted. And it's really about interrupting a pattern, right? So we have a feeling, then we have a thought about the feeling. Often that thought is like, what's wrong with me for having this feeling? And then it starts another feeling. And so with a lot of our negative feelings, we get into this downward spiral. And that's why mindfulness meditation is so important because it helps us develop the muscle of interrupting a pattern. And when we can interrupt the pattern of, oh, what's wrong with me? Life is always like this. I'm always like this. All these thoughts, when we can interrupt those thoughts and say, I'm having a thought that there's something wrong with me. That's a big difference. That's a big difference because when we are thinking there's something wrong with me. That's like, a feels like a truth. But when we think I'm having a thought, I'm having a perception that something's wrong with me, that's a whole different thing. That's a thought. And a thought is something that we can choose to believe or choose not to believe. And that's where that mindfulness meditation comes in. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But it's about really Being open to the possibility of small happinesses, even when we're suffering, is about interrupting those patterns, those ruminative cycles, and then allowing for something new. We tend to think that things are always going to be the way they are, but the truth is we're never in the same moment twice, ever, ever. Our children are never the same people twice. We are always growing and changing. That is just the reality. That's the only, you know, the only thing you can count on in life is change, right? So if there's always this change, can we allow for something new? And this is that essential mindfulness attitude of curiosity, right? Non-judgment and judgment and autopilot is saying, I know what this is. I've seen this before. And so I'm closing myself up off to all possibility. And the idea of curiosity and non-judgment is saying, okay, can I be open to the possibility of happiness? Can I be open to the possibility of that there's some joy here? Can I be open to the possibility that even though the rest of this day has been a crappy day and I haven't been feeling good up till now, can I be open to the possibility that I can make some choices? I can, I can appreciate that beautiful blue sky that has happened. Can I appreciate the color of the leaves? Can I appreciate that silly child I see? In Mindful Parenting course, one of the things we talk about is this idea of impermanence. And impermanence points to that idea of constant change because the truth is nothing lasts forever. Everything is impermanent. Our feelings, ourselves, 
all things in life are impermanent, even on a grand scale, the earth and all that thing, all those things. So that sounds kind of morbid, Hunter, maybe you're thinking like, this is impermanence, that means death. Oh my gosh, I don't want to think about that. But actually, impermanence and that constant change is a real gift to us because if there were no impermanence, there would be no growth. If we could, you know, freeze our child at nine years old, that would be terrible because they would never get to grow and change and, and move on. You know, if we, we need that growth, we need that change. And that change, with that change, I invite you to see that as a real place of possibility. So we may have practiced. We may have practiced anxiety and fear, right? We may be kind of hardwired that for that, but we can also practice joy and appreciation. We can absolutely practice that. So I'm going to share with you now five steps that I use and I teach my clients and that I think that you can use to in, lean into the joy and lean into the the possibility of enjoyment and appreciation. All right, so number one, the first step is really to give yourself permission. Give yourself permission. It's crazy. Sometimes underneath the surface, we don't think that we deserve it. We don't think that, you know, we're conditioned to believe that we should be suffering because of X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. But when the simple fact of giving ourselves permission can open up that door of possibility for you. So you may actually want to write it down and say it every day. Like, I really invite you to do this. Like, write down, I give myself permission to, and you might give yourself permission to to do specific, you know, to enjoy specific things. I give myself permission to slow down between coming home from work and entering the house. I give myself permission to stop and look up at the sky and get a sense of perspective. I give myself permission to appreciate the little things. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. 
I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. So what I say to myself every day, um, and I got that from the fifth agreement. I have these fifth agreement cards. And I think it's really important. Like it's that idea of we have to work a little harder for happiness, right? Because our default is not so much happiness. So I use these this card that says, and I, and I love this, and it's so ingrained in me. I don't even have to look at it to share it with you now, but it says, I am here to enjoy life. I am not here to suffer. I'm here to be a dreamer, to be an artist, to be a seer. The mission of my life is to enjoy every single moment of my life. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. So I practice that. I believe that. And I, I read that to myself almost every single day. I'm here to enjoy life. I'm not here to suffer. So I give myself permission every single morning to enjoy life. So how can you give start to, you know, maybe you can start today, maybe you can start tomorrow to write it down. Give yourself permission to enjoy life. It's wonderful, freeing practice. Number two, this is just to simply know that uh, happiness takes effort. So know that the default is seeing all the negative possibilities constantly. That's just the default of how we're wired on the brain. So happiness is going to take some effort. When you can just get that into our hearts, that it actually takes a little effort, maybe take some mind training, some, some body training. It takes some effort to move, to evolve beyond the constant negative chatter. I mean, not that we're ever going to be like, maybe you'll be enlightened in this lifetime. Maybe I will. I don't know. I don't think so, though. It's not what I'm going for. I'm just I'm simply inviting you to do this to enjoy life a little bit more. So number two is just simply know that the happiness takes effort. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, it's kind of you know, maybe it's not cool. Maybe it's kind of corny to just like, uh, you know, stop and look up at a tree and practice to practice to just tap into our happiness. Maybe that feels like corny or uncool, but so what? Oh my gosh, I'd rather be happy than cool by a long shot. <laughs> Number three, so this is where you get to be deliberate about what makes you happy. So I invite you to just 
think about what makes you happy. Make a list and actually be deliberate. Make deliberate choices about inviting these things into your life. So a lot of the things that make you happy, some of the things that I've just brainstormed quickly about, the things that we make me happy, like I actually am very deliberate about my music. I know that songs get stuck in my head. I'm, I'm My brain is very wired for, for songs and music. So I have a playlist because to it's called my empowered and confident playlist and it has all these songs that are about joy about happiness about loving life it's so corny you guys my husband totally laughs at some of these songs like but it's amazing to put together a bunch of songs and i play these this music to deliberately get these songs stuck in my head and there's a song in there called I Love My Life by Robbie Williams. And that gets in my head. It's great. I love that that gets in my head. What I Am is a beautiful song. Some songs by India Ari. So these songs and this music really invites the possibility of happiness, right? I'm like watering those seeds of happiness rather than watering those seeds of suffering. So they help me. Friends, being with your friends heard some t- statistic and I, I don't know if this is going to be true, but that like one in four Americans don't have someone to confide in, which kills me. It's heartbreaking because we are social creatures. We need our friends. We can't go into motherhood or fatherhood. And I know the world gets turned upside down. I know it's insane. I know it's crazy and it feels like everything is completely turned upside down. I know, I know. And you have to keep up your friendships. You have to cultivate new friendships still, even though life is crazy. So how can you do that? How can you go out into your community and find like-minded people? Be deliberate about spending time with your friends that feeds your soul. Sometimes you may have social anxiety, you might be an introvert, some of these things might be more challenging for you, but I bet even at, then you know that that feeds you in a really deep and meaningful way. So number three is be deliberate about what makes you happy. Your friends are definitely one of them. Moving your body is one of them. For me, it's dancing. I'm so excited to go to a I'm going to a uh, daybreaker event and I'm going to go get up at six in the morning and do some yoga and dance. And I'm going to have to figure out something for my kids. I might have to call my mother-in-law. I might have to reach out to some friends, but I'm making this a priority. So move your body. Do you like to, do you like to practice yoga? Do you like to dance? I have a client who used to play volleyball and loved it. And we just worked on a way to figure out a way to her, for her to play volleyball as an adult and go out and find the ways to do that. What sport did you love? Why aren't you doing it anymore? Why not? My my brother plays soccer up in Boston with an adult league and it's something that gives him joy. So you, you know, there's re- you should be giving yourself doing the things that make you happy and give you joy and feed your body and feed your soul. And when you do that, this is not a selfish thing to do. This is how we show our kids how to live a beautiful life, how to live a good life. They are learning from what you do every day. They are learning how to live. And if they are learning that, that, you know, if you are showing them that your needs come last all the time, you know what? They're going to learn that too. 
So if you don't do it for yourself, you do it for your children. But we're going to talk about that in the next step. So be deliberate about what makes you happy. Meditation has been proven by research to increase well-being, lower anxiety and depression. It's really powerful. It's not like the fun, like dancing and volleyball, but just sitting for five minutes a day can make a huge difference in your life. And I've talked about that in so many ways, and I have lots of free resources on mindfulmamamentor.com. So try it out. Make a daily practice of stopping and relaxing the body and training the mind to be present as best you can and have a have a sense of humility about it because you're not going to be fully enlightened. It's not going to feel like it's all peaceful. You're going to say, oh my gosh, my mind is crazy. But meditation, despite all that, look at how it affects the rest of your life. It really makes a big difference and it's been proven to by research. So we're in step number three, be deliberate about what makes you happy. We've talked about music, friends, moving your body, getting enough sleep is huge, meditation, and then I want to add in here physical affection, maybe even, you know, deep physical affection with your partner. So physical affection from your partner, from your kids, holding hands, giving hugs, aiming for like 12 hugs a day. It's great for your kids. It's great for you. You know, get that physical affection. It means a lot to us. And then notice those little things. Practice to notice those little things. Practice gratitude. I write down five things I'm grateful for every night. It's really simple. It takes me like two minutes and I have a whole list of these things. And sometimes I don't feel like doing that, but I do and because I know that it makes a difference. I'm not perfect. I don't do it all the time. But practicing to do that helps train my brain to start to notice the little things. And I know that I'm wired for negativity. So I'm working on changing that, right? I'm working on my neuroplasticity. I'm changing the brain so that I can practice these things like gratitude and appreciation to grow them, make them stronger. All right. So be deliberate about what makes you happy. Be deliberate, right? Make a list. Look at that list. And then step number four is prioritize your happiness. Prioritize your happiness. And for some of us, this is obvious. Okay, yeah. And then the benefit of this is that I'm happy. But for some of us, that's hard to do. So why prioritize your happiness? Well, your children, right? Your children are, you're going to be a better parent when you are a happier parent. You are modeling for how to live a good life for your children. And then even beyond our, ourselves and our children, you know, there's research from Sean Aker that says that happier people are actually more successful people. They do better in their work and their life. So prioritize your own happiness. And then finally, I'm going to get this wrapped up because I'm going to do something that makes me happy. I'm going to go with my family to a Renaissance fair today. We'll see how that goes. But so let's get to step number five. So you may be giving yourself permission. You may know that happiness takes effort. You might be deliberate and you might prioritize your happiness. Step number five is just kind of to get support. You know, you might be 
um, an obliger, which means that you you know all this makes sense to you now, like you're listening to me and you're nodding your head and saying, yes, Hunter, yes, yes, yes. But you know yourself and you know what your pattern is and you might not do those things because you meet others' expectations before you meet your own internal expectations. Or you might need support because your life is busy. Or you might need support because you need that community and that community of support around you to water those good seeds. Number five is get support because it takes effort. It takes effort to to live a happier, more content life, right? And that's okay. And we can we can reach out to people. We can reach out to we can reach out to coach. We can reach out to our friends and say, hey, will you hold me accountable for going for a walk with you, going for a walk twice a week or, or heading out and going dancing or um, doing a gratitude journal together? Get support. So this is important. This is the only life we have. Our kids are growing fast. We only have 18 summers with them. If we're irritable and cranky and miserable and overstressed and overwhelmed all the time, why are we doing that? What are we doing that for, right? To survive, to get by. But the happiness and joy and appreciation, these are all alternative ways, ways to live your life, right? That are there. You can live your life with a different mindset. And you can get support to do that. So one of the ways that I give support is that I have some, uh, you know, free programs to help you start your meditation and yoga programs and things like that. And I also do a coaching program with a group coaching program called Mindful Mama Transformation Group Coaching Program. And that's going to be starting soon. So you know, you can check into when it's starting, if this you're listening to this in the future or whatever. But it doesn't have to be me. You can get support in other ways. Get support from from a coach, a friend, to help you take the steps that you know are going to enhance your life, are going to enhance your kid's life, are going to just start to change things from change everything, right? From here on out. So there we go. <laughs> so I... I hope this is helpful for you, my friends. So here are those five steps again to just reiterate them. Give yourself permission to be happy. Number two, know that happiness takes effort. Three, be deliberate about what makes you happy. Number four, prioritize your happiness. So that means like then kind of put it into action, prioritize it, make it important. And number five, get that support, meaning maybe you may get a friend, an accountability partner, maybe you check in with, with a coach, maybe you, you get yourself on the volleyball league. <laughs> All right, so I hope this has helped you, my friend, and I would love to hear your takeaways. Check in with me on, there's the Mindful Mama Facebook group, it's like, facebook.com slash groups Hunter Clark Fields or something like that. You can find a link to it on mindfulmamamentor.com. And today I wish you some places where you're noticing the small things, where you're appreciating it, when you're just, you can just check in with yourself and say, oh, 
you know what? I can practice happiness right now. I can give myself permission to be happy right now. Just try that out. You might as well see how it goes and then let me know. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you take some of these steps and bring them into your daily life. Give yourself permission to be happy and take some of the effort and the steps that it takes to do that. It does take effort. We're kind of wired to not be happy. So I hope you'll do that. If you would like more support on this, I have two important resources for you. Like I said in the beginning, I am doing the free training, the Unmartyr Yourself training, and that's at mindfulmamamentor.com slash unmartyr. And we're going to talk about making time for yourself, speaking your truth skillfully, destroying mommy guilt. And I am, that is all to lead off because I am enrolling my group coaching program. And that is a five-month group coaching experience. And that's at mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. So check those out. And if you want to talk to me about those, just send me an email, reach out at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com. So that's the Unmartyr Yourself training, mindfulmamamentor.com slash unmartyr. And then the group coaching at mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. And I'm wishing you a beautiful week. I promise you next week we'll get our Dan Siegel podcast in talking about his new book, Aware. I love talking to Dan. I always learn so much. So be sure to come back. All the episodes are released on Tuesdays. And if you don't get my emails, make sure you go to mindfulmamamentor.com. Sign up to get those in your inbox and some exclusive things that only come through email. And I'm wishing you a wonderful, beautiful week, my friend. I'm wishing you some groundedness and peace. I'm wishing you leaning into some of those moments of happiness. And I'll be working on that too. All right. Great to talk to you today. Namaste. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.